All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's a Wednesday, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you for the next couple of hours, and glad you've elected to spend some of your day with us as we talk sports with you on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Coming up on the program in about uh, 20 minutes, Kenny White, we will slide him in here a little earlier today. Off to Vegas, we will go with one of the uh, more well-known uh, line makers in the, quite frankly, in the history of sports wagering in Las Vegas. Kenny White will join us, KennyWhiteSports.com. David Kaplan makes his appearance at about 1040 or thereabouts. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. We will recap the Cubs, take a look at the Bears, uh, go down down memory lane a little bit with Cappy, pursuant to the end of uh, an era in Chicago sports media. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, Alex Halstead from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. We will get the latest on the, well, two press conferences yesterday, yesterday, Jamie Pollard's and, of course, Matt Campbell's. And then Bill Bender from the Sporting News in his regular time slot here on a Wednesday. He's Sporting News' national college football writer. He will join us about 11.35, 11.40-ish as we take you up a until noon, recapping baseball to begin, I guess, Trent, is where we should start mm-hmm. as uh, some pretty entertaining baseball regarding the, I guess, four teams, quite honestly. you got to throw the Brewers in as one of our, air quote, locals. If the Packers are, why would right. the Brewers be? Of course. There's Brewer fans bouncing Absolutely. around and not as many Christian Yelich jerseys at this mm-hmm. point, but... They're playing good baseball. No, they really are. The Cubs, on the other hand, uh, I don't know if you want to... Would you say wasted a historic performance from you, Darvish? I mean, the first inning, Trent, he strikes out the side, but at the same time gives up three runs. So he did set a club record for eight consecutive strikeouts, came close to the major league record, which is 10, held by one of the all-time greats, who sadly is... Um, has been stricken with one of the worst diseases, and there's a bunch of them, but Alzheimer's is way up there on my list, personally. It's just, it, uh, I, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I can. My mother has it and has no idea who any of her kids are, but that aside, uh, Tom Seaver's going through that battle himself, but uh, uh, Darvish got to within two of that last night, so what is it? Had, um, did they waste this performance, historic performance? I think so. You know, Schwarber's the only guy, well, the only guy last night swinging the bat well. That guy... We talk more Kyle Schwarber throughout the summer months. <laughs> got to go. How can you trade him? He's yes. got to get rid of him. Oh, my God, he's irreplaceable. He's untouchable. <laughs> right. he, get rid of the guy. He's a bum. It's just the the back and forth with him. Yeah. Is that who he is? Just the yes. wolves of the season and that big power swing. And when he is locked in, he's as good as anybody in baseball. But when yeah. it goes bad, and speaking of that, I can't remember what night it is. They all start to, to yeah, they do, don't they? Fall together. Do you see his diving grab? Though? I did the second time this year that he's... when was that? Not too many days ago. It was Monday night. Monday night, maybe. maybe Monday, yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was. I was about to text you right yep. as it happened because again, how many times we joked about him? Well, now he's made two. He's made two, right? And Out as far as I know, well, yeah, it was like so. He was he was two. He was zero for two hundred eighteen, <laughs> and then he's got the last two. But yeah, look at the guys improving his defensive uh, prowess out in left field, and you have to keep him in the lineup because mm-hmm. he can leave the ballpark at any time. And I like the fact last night it was Casper and Deshaies who are a really good team. I uh, really enjoy listening to them. And tonight we will do so on KCRCW23. That's where the game can be found tonight. Tomorrow it switches to Fox National uh, if you're looking for it. But uh, they were talking about uh, you know Schwarber and the fact that he was disappointed that he's 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 being a lot more patient in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. He's not hitting what they want, what the pitcher wants him to hit. He's hitting 
the home run ball that the pitcher throws is kind of how they put it, and I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that was very good that Schwarber, who is, you know, his average hasn't always been great, but man, Trent, you got to keep these guys in the lineup. I hope that during this, what I believe is going to be a long off season for the Cubs with a ton of changes, I'm at the point now, and I've been there for the last month or so, that I hope he's not part of it. I know they get a King's Ransom for him, but I hope he's not the one. I hope he's not the odd man out. Yeah, just because these times when he is as good as this, you don't want to miss these times. No, and for a big man, Trent, he runs like the wind. If he's in Seattle DHing, yeah, right. you're not going to see him. No, Vogelbach. He's in Texas hitting 42 homers a year. We'll see him. Two, three, four times you know, when a year. They play the it. Twins. Yeah, talk about him. I mean, Dave Raymond is a friend of the program. Mm-hmm. We haven't had him on once this year. Right. He's, the, he's the television voice of the Texas Rangers. By the way, did you see the athletic piece on Dave Raymond? I Le- didn't know. Oh my God, it's a good read. Of course, he was with the Iowa Cubs for mm-hmm. the turn of the century, I think. And the I used to play fantasy baseball with him and all the crew down there. And I whoa, think whoa, was, whoa! You used to play fantasy I did. baseball? Yeah, I did. With we would. Can we get you in next year? No, I'm out. Come on. We would get, get together before the baseball season started, like in March. At Principal Park, up in the press box, and mm-hmm. Todd Kirk, who I think you know, I do. Uh, Jim Nahas, yeah, uh, there's another name. Rick Rungaitis, uh, who's a good friend of mine. Sam Burnaby. Yeah. When I would fly back from Denver to see my son, I would stay with Rungo. Uh, he's a Drake. He's a Drake alum. Met Sam, Sam when we were out there on the other day, Friday, yeah, yeah. On Friday at the Blood Drive. So yeah, I used to play with those dudes. But if you get a chance. Um, the the Dave Raymond, the vagabond baseball nature, and, and I knew he went to Stanford. I had no idea he lived in his car while he went to Stanford. Wow. Yeah. I mean, great story. Great yes. piece. And a guy who's paid his dues, and I'm glad it's working out for him. But, uh, you know, back to baseball in the here and now. Cardinals lose last night. Brewers win last night. Cubs fall last night. Darvish was unbelievable. Sonny Gray was better. How about Sonny Gray? He's had an ERAs under three on the year. He's all-star playing, pitcher. Playing in that band box, mm-hmm. that's a really good number. So help me out. He leaves Oakland, mm-hmm. goes to Yankees. Yeah. And then to Cincy, was there a stop in between? Because he was okay in Oakland. You could tell that there was some p- p- potential there. Yes. Got to the Yanks, fell on his face, or didn't didn't live. I don't think it got anywhere close to what some thought he would be. And maybe it was just maybe it was the market. We've yeah. seen guys not want to pitch or pitch uh, in the in the Big Apple before. And then gone to Cincinnati, or am I missing one? Nope. You have it right. You have the order right. And really, when you look at kind of the numbers last year with the Yankees, the CRA was 4.90. It's not good. Uh Regardless of what kind of park you're pitching in, you you can't really chalk that up. Now, it's FIP. And for people who don't know what FIP is, fielding independent pitching, that is basically what your ERA, basically the way you're pitching, what it should be. Luck factors, balls falling in, those types of things. It all encompasses in. You know what? You're teaching the old man something here today. I, I didn't know this. You don't one. know there's about so, there's no there's some more analytics trend. So so keep going. Four point one seven in that stadium. That's pretty good. Okay, in he Yankee was a stadium, tad. Yeah. He was a tad. Un, he was very unlucky. A, a differential of almost a full run. That's a huge discrepancy from the way you're actually pitching and what your ERA says you are. So I think you can chalk it up to something as simple as that. That the numbers look worse than they actually were last year with the Yankees, and he's bounced back, and now he's having a career year. This is a mm-hmm. guy that. From when he came into the league. And National League opposed to American that League. Helps. Is that a help, too? Yeah. Absolutely. This Cincinnati team, are they are they somebody that we have to realistically talk about next season? I've been telling you to buy stock in them all season long. You have. And we've seen Aquino come uh-huh. up, and he had another bomb last he night. He's got 16 already. <laughs> it's funny because 
and I don't know. If, I hate announcer jinx, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was play appearance in the first inning, and Deshays and Casper talking about boy when he first came into the league, nobody could get him out. Mm-hmm. He's killing everybody, but he's really in a slump now. They figured out Aquino. Well, he steps in the batter's box and parks <laughs> one uh, into the bleachers in Wrigley Field. So I don't know if that's announcer jinx or what. But look, the Cubs needed that one last night. Had a chance to make up a little bit of ground. The Nationals and the Cards they've split that series so far. And don't look now, but John Lester toes the rubber tonight for these Cubbies. And Trent, it's the left-handers right now in this five-man rotation that are letting this team down. Cole Hamels has been god-awful. Lester has, you know, two bad ones and then one kind of good one. He's, he did have a good start, if memory serves, not too, within the last five anyways, but has been nowhere near as he's been at other points in his career. Now, he's a big game pitcher. Mm-hmm. This big, big, big spot tonight. In the throes of a race, you need your ace to go out there and do his thing. Age, guile, what do you think wins out here? I don't don't know. I just hope that the Cubs win out. How about that? Yeah, find a way to get this one done. It's been a great race. This is exactly what Mm -hmm. we wanted to see. Milwaukee now, what is 11 out of 12, I think? Yeah, and they're tied with the the, uh, Cubs. Tied. Tied for that second, second wild, wild card, card spot. Yep. And still with the Nats, just a game and a half back. Mm-hmm. It's just the race is fun. It, it is teams that are interesting, teams that have different storylines going into it from Yelich and his loss to the season, the MVP from a year ago, this Cubs team, the injuries that they have had here as of late, the Nationals who got off to one of the worst starts you can imagine for a team that had expectations even after Harper. I think they were playing like 333 baseball, something ridiculous like that. And then they had a run there during what end of May into, uh, into throughout, May. throughout yep. June where they were as good as anybody in baseball. Mm-hmm. And now they've kind of teetered back and forth at times, and here we are. This is what it's all about. I mean, this is the time we're talking about baseball in Love May it. and June. Love we it. get to this point in the season. It is so good. The scoreboard watching. You ever been to a ballpark? Yes, late and in the watch season? absolutely. Oh, it's that is different now because everybody has their phone. Uh-huh. You don't have that same no, kind of thing. No, not 1987 when I was making a run every single chance I got in August and September, making that eight-hour trip to the Metrodome because I was still living in Winnipeg yeah. for the down-the-stretch baseball with the Twins, and it was just it was so much fun to do. But you're right. We didn't have the phones. We relied on the scoreboard uh, back in the day. And then they'd put up the number, and all of a sudden you're in the race. They were in a race, I think, with Oakland that year in 87. And Oakland all of a sudden goes down five four, and the cheers go mm-hmm. out. And then the guy's standing in the batter's box, and he's looking around. What the hell is going on? But there's nothing happened to the game. What's everybody cheering? It was a different time, wasn't it? They put it up on the scoreboard, yeah. and people go off. Ah, oh, what, what a time! It is different. You know, but that's still something. Cool. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned scoreboard watching. Is that one? Is that another thing that's going to go by the way by the wayside? Because yeah. we don't have to watch the scoreboard. Just no. look at our phones. <laughs> right. We have it. Don't need to buy, get the newspaper at your door. Just go online and read it. Scoreboard watching, that's so uh, 1980s. Um, yeah, it's crazy, but that's the uh, that's the point that we're in now, right? Hey, back to yesterday. You and I just got off the air. I mean, just had it seemed like we said good night. Now coming up, you know, done whatever. And the tweet from Jared Stansbury from Cyclone Fanatic, which I'm not look. I'm not surprised he got it wrong, but 
I mean, Trent, there's a big difference between petty and vague. Uh-huh. I thought when I first read the trade, oh boy, it's on now. Now, within the, you know, very quickly after that, he deleted his tweet and uh, corrected it uh, that the word petty was not a part of it. But a pretty vague, as opposed to a petty, is a huge difference. I thought Barta Pollard, oh my God, Gloves here are we coming go. Off. You know, I wanted to get a gift and, you know, the popcorn, the guys, uh, the guy eating the popcorn. Yeah, and, yes. Um, but that wasn't even close to what it was. It wasn't. So here's my theory. I want to run this by you. All right. The the new construction going on in, in Ames, and it really looks good. I mean, if it comes anywhere near the plans, I mean, this is going to be a pretty special spot. Yes. I mean, real, and hats off to the vision. Whether they get it done or not, and I don't think Pollard puts too much. I don't think, well, not just Pollard. I don't think anybody would put something out that grandiose only to have nothing happen. Sure. I mean, that's an egg on your face in a big way, right? So I do believe that, you know, something is going to happen. Now, if they get close to, you know, making it anywhere near what the drawings uh, and the renderings look like, it's going to be unbelievable. But, you know, as I'm looking at that, you know what I felt I was looking at? Prairie Trail. Prairie Trail. The in Ankeny, Ankeny. Thing? Okay. And I started to thinking, boy, it really looks like Prairie Trail. Well, wait a minute. Prairie Trail was developed by, and by, and owned by, and those two fellas are huge Iowa State supporters. Ah. I wonder if they're involved somewhere. That they maybe first started this idea when I they just were wonder. And I'm talking about Dennis Albon, Jason Luch. Well, they got the pockets. Well, and yeah, MJ Properties, mm-hmm. and I mean... Prairie Trail was their baby, and I thought, and I've said this before, what these are really two really smart businessmen, but boy, have they messed up here. Nobody's going to live in this field. It was behind DMAC. I used to pass it every day because at the time I lived on that side of Ankeny. Okay. Just lived, uh, well, we lived uh, on Country Club Lane, which is Ankeny Golf and Country Club, right? So that's where I lived. So I would pass that field <laughs> every day. Yeah. And, oh, come on. Nobody's going to build out here. And then look what it's become. So then I started thinking... Boy, that looks a lot like what they're trying to do. I wonder if some kind of connection there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good theory. I don't know if it's if it holds water or not, but but boy, looks sweet. Yesterday, when we started to see it, we'll talk a lot more and kind of go in depth with Alex Halstead in the eleven o'clock hour about about an hour from now about everything happening here. It it reminds me of so many of these things because yesterday my initial looks cool, but come on, the power and light district—that's Kansas City—that has right. Millions of people. We're talking about a population of right. games that has 30,000 people, not including the students. Yeah. I mean, a captured audience during the school year, but... But you're not talking about a city. It's a town. Right. Yeah, that, That's a town. Mm-hmm. So making that kind of connection. It didn't make a lick of sense. But to your point, when Ankeny, when that was put together, there were many detractors. I remember hearing the stories of West Des Moines when they were looking to develop and what turned into the mall and everything else over there. What was the old golf course that, that was just... Ponderosa. On, Ponderosa on the side there and hearing yep. those stories and... People saying, what a disaster this is going to be. And then you looked how it has thrived now over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just don't have the vision for it because I, I still, in my mind, struggle to see, all right, that's great for six or seven football games a year and 418 home basketball dates. And the women's team draws very well in volleyball. But still, over the course of 365, how is this going to work? How is this going to look? I'm just not a visionary, though. And maybe that's... Some too much maybe negativity that comes out. You know, yesterday I was Mr. Positivity for the most part until that point. 
this is the part that I struggle with. How does this work over the course of 365? Just not for Iowa State home mm-hmm. dates when they're going to have anywhere from 61,000 people to 8,000 for a women's basketball game. Those other dates, what do you do to fill that up? Yeah, what makes call. sense for, for a business, for a restaurant to put in there? Because, yeah, you're going to kill it on those game days. What are you doing on a day like today? Who, who's going to that area to have lunch? If you build it, they will come. I mean, I mean we've That's seen that thought. time and time again. And it true. seemingly pays off. So we'll see. I mean, uh, like I say, I don't think that you put yourself on the line like that if you're not pretty confident uh, that this is going to at least get off the ground. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I want to get, uh, when we talked to Alex Halston, one of the other things, and this is not bugging me, that's not the right word, but we talked about the special teams with Iowa State. Mm-hmm. What is behind their unwillingness? I don't believe they returned a punt. I don't believe that they've returned a punt this year. They have to be college football's only team um, that has decided to, you know what, I'm not going to put my arm up. I'm going to try, I'm going to try and get, gain some positive yards. What, have they returned a punt? I'm looking right now and seeing if anything will uh, pop here as I'm scrolling through. Punt, field goals, kickoffs. That's what pops up on special teams. Returns. Here we go. Punt return. One for zero yards. So he caught it and realized, yeah, so he, that, just, that, he went down. That's not a punt return. That That is Datron yeah. Young, the final oh, play of the game. That's the one that they, they, they credited that, that him is, with a punt return. That is... Oh, boy. Yeah, that's all, though. That is all that is in the stat sheet So right through, now. through two weeks of, of the college football season, why mean another team that hasn't returned a punt? Why not? What, what, what analytically is convincing the coaching staff at Iowa State that, you know what, we're better off just... Just catching this thing, really? Scared and of every other every other team in college football feels differently. What 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 analytics do you have that you're not willing to share with the rest of? Because co- everything's copycat. Yeah. Why isn't if it's such a great idea? Why isn't everybody doing it this way? I don't know. I'd have to go deeper into it and, and look at the individual returns and see how much room there was. Well, there's been some room. There's been room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. some of them, of course, was the right idea to push. Yeah. But there's been opportunity. and you've got really good athletes that are catching these balls. I mean, Deshante Jones could make somebody miss. You would you think. You would think so, absolutely. Absolutely, but maybe it's just that for whatever reason. Say Jones is their best guy, but they're not confident that ball security, he's not as good as he is. Well, then find somebody else. <laughs> right. yeah, I get you. I get you because it doesn't make sense two weeks in. Not a lick. That you don't have a real punt return right. outside of the one that's listed there, that you haven't returned it once. Do you think that there was going to be a return there for Jones? Because he didn't call for a fair catch. Mm, he didn't call for a fair catch. I don't know. So he, I don't think it is... You automatically have to fair catch it. Boy, I haven't circumstances. seen... Circumstances. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, that obviously goes into and a lot of And it's a small sample size. It's right. two games. But still, they have to be college football's only team that hasn't returned a punt. You have to think so. And especially the number of punts that they forced. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good defense. Yeah. How many have they forced? Can you find that? Uh, what, well, you probably could. We could we could add up uh, Sleepy and the uh, UNI's uh, punts. Um, it's got to be, what, more than 10? Right. For sure. I don't know. Uh, Kenny White coming up on the program. KennyWhiteSports.com. We've got a couple of games to look at from him. Get his take on the NFL quarterbacks. Boy, the turnover at the quarterback position this year in the NFL has been like something we have never seen. Uh, David Kaplan joins us. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. We'll talk to Cappy at about 1040. Alex Halstead in the 11 o'clock. And then Bill Benner from uh, SportingNews.com. 21 minutes after the hour at 10 o'clock. Ready to go to break? think we are. San Jose State and Washington State 
also each with one punt return on the year. Both those teams, though, got yardage on their returns. So they tried. They tried. It's just, it's just something that struck me. I don't know what's behind it, but they certainly seem that uh, they have no interest in, in um, trying to get in some positive yards. Take a time out. Kenny White Sports next. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Let's go to Vegas with one of the best uh, in the, well, in, in the long history of sports wagering in Nevada. Kenny White is responsible for anybody setting these lines back in the day. Kenny Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, thanks for coming on. How are you, Kenny White? Trenton, Ken, I'm doing great. Uh, having so much fun with this football. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I, I love is I love winning, but, you know, I love more when I win for my clients and, and they're happy because it's been it's been a great run to start the season so far. That's that's good news, and we'll talk more about that before we let you go. A couple of things percolating. I want to start, first of all, with uh, at least through the first two weeks of the season, Kenny, just the carnage at the quarterback position. I see that the Eagles are so banged up, apparently, after their Sunday night game that they're not even practicing today, which is a rarity in the NFL that this early in the season on a Wednesday, you're not even going to practice. Uh, and so Carson Wentz, the speculation there is there might be something with Wentz, but we know that there's a handful of them that are already out. Have you seen anything like this, and how do you adjust? I really haven't. I don't. I don't recall seeing this many great quarterbacks. I'm talking about. We got three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks now out of the starting lineup from week two to week three, uh, and, and so many other banged up cards. Well, let's add Cam Newton to that list. Uh, another yep. fourth one, and could possibly be out. And Carson Wentz as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's um, unprecedented, I think, right now in the NFL. The, the main player on the field, and I think the NFL has changed the rules. I think they'll be looking to go back because they've loved to let those offensive linemen hold so they can protect those quarterbacks. But, yeah, this this is great for the sports bettors. Don't worry. It's good for us, and it's it's bad for the, for the books, that's for sure, because the uncertainty is always bad for sports books. You know, the quarterback position certainly the most important in football. The impact for you is you're coming up with your power numbers. I know it's different for every quarterback and every backup that he has. But in general, is there, say, a league average quarterback and a league average backup, is there a certain number that you put it into it and in changing the spread and the power number you come up with? Well, yeah, every player I have um, has a rating. And I in my magazine, I actually did a, an NFL book, and it is on the website mm-hmm. that you do an e-book to see all the quarterback ratings and how they are. So to give you an example, Eli Manning is a two, which is two points above the average NFL quarterback. Uh, his backup, Daniel Jones, is a one. So for me, it's a one-point drop-off. But I'm sure as Daniel Jones gets experience throughout the year, I'm going to start to raise his rating up a little bit. So he, he has way more upside, obviously, right now in his career than Eli Manning. Anytime I've got a, a, a quarterback that's got – the topped out experience wise against a rookie, I would have been starting Daniel Jones from week one mm-hmm. because we know at the end of the year he's going to be a far better quarterback than Eli. Plus, plus, obviously he's your quarterback of the future. He could he could turn into a Drew Brees or a, or a, a Tom Brady, a, you know that that sort of quarterback. He actually could. He's got great size. He's smart. He can make all the throws. I was really shocked. I guess they did it out of uh, you know Eli's. Um, 
long tender there at the yep. at being a giant quarterback in two Super Bowl wins. They felt like they owed it to him. But boy, that the move should have been made at the start of the season. There, you know, he's, uh, Jones has cl- clearly quieted his critics that were very vocal on draft day. Well, let's take a look at a couple of games. Thankfully, we're not all the way at conference uh, uh, season yet, but we're getting close. And there's a couple of Big Ten tilts that I want to start with you. First of all, I'll do Michigan State Northwestern uh, first of all. I don't know what to. Hunter Johnson is disappointed. I think a lot of people. Michigan State same way. The way they lost last week, I thought they might be a dark horse in the East uh, crossover. East versus West. Uh, how do you see this? Yeah, you know, Martin D'Antonio is is really um, disappointed, and and he has. I don't know if he's just run his course of time there at Michigan State, but thirty one and thirty six ATS the last five years, five plus years now. He is a losing head coach. His teams underachieve, and they drastically underachieved last week versus a young quarterback who I thought I in the entire world, not just myself. Every professional better out there. This line went from Michigan State 11 to minus 16. This is very sharp money that knows what they're talking about. Michigan State is supposed to win that game 50% of the time by 17 points. And they, they, they lose straight up. Uh, you know, obviously a bad call at the end of the game, but it should never come down to that. Pat Fitzgerald, one of the best in the conference at getting ready uh, for a conference game. He's 25 or 29 and 15. ATS versus conference opponents the last five years. His home games are 25 and nine to the under. 25 and nine mm. under last five plus years. He's going to keep this a low scoring game. And we already know that Michigan State can't score. Hunter Johnson has not lived up to the potential, but he's only played a couple games. And, and one was against a really good Stanford defense. They don't look like it now, but they were in week one. And then week two against UNLV. Every time I turn the game on, they were moving the ball up and down the field. I had to turn it off because I had UNLV, and it didn't look like UNLV could stop them. It looked to me like Northwestern could score any time they wanted to, but that was a sandwich game. Coming off the Stanford game with Michigan State on deck, playing a team at UNLV that just got blown out by 50 by Arkansas State. They had no respect. They came out. They went through the motions. This is a different story. Even though they beat Michigan State last year, I think Pat Fitzgerald's the far better coach. We'll have his team more well-prepared. Very low-scoring game, a lot of value taking all those points. Another East versus West tilt in the Big Ten and a monster matchup. Michigan, after surviving Army against Wisconsin, both these teams with the bye week, the Badgers have bounced back in a big way after last year's disappointing year, outscoring their opponents 110 to nothing two games into the season. It's in Camp Randall. Are we overvaluing, though, wins against South Florida and Central Michigan? Yeah, thank you. I, I, we definitely are. Uh, Charlie Strong, South Florida team, really disappointed the first two weeks. Weren't very good in week three, so I've had to downgrade their ratings. Uh, they, the uh, strength of schedule for Wisconsin, very low, but they are a very good team, obviously well coached. But Paul, Paul Chris, he's 12-12 and 12 ATS at home the last four years. He's 19-18 and 18 versus conference opponents. He's not an overachiever. We know how good the home field is. We know how good the team is, but he doesn't overachieve. For me, my, my ratings are saying Michigan is the better football team. They were they weren't even vanilla. You know, vanilla really tastes good actually compared to Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt. That's what Michigan was the first two weeks of the year. They have wanted to show absolutely nothing. We've seen this movie before. We've seen many teams struggle with a military academy team early in the year and then blow people out the next week. I, I think this is that type of situation. I don't know if it'll be a blowout. 
but they're the wrong favorite is on the betting board right now. And that's, I think, I think Michigan is the right side. The total's kind of difficult. Jim Harbaugh, 31 and 19 over since he's been at Michigan. And now he's got a high up tempo offense. I think if you like it, it might be correlated. You play Michigan to the over. If you like Wisconsin, uh, play it to the under. Paul Chris, more of an under coach. And I think he can keep this score down if his defense is that good. You know he wants to run the ball. So, But I, I like Michigan. I think you're going to see a completely different offense. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Shea Patterson is not as good as I think he is. But we'll we'll find out this weekend. This will be the weekend that will uh, definitely be adjusting ratings a lot for Michigan. No doubt. So we got 90 seconds left. We have David Kaplan on tape that we got to get in here. So uh, give me 30 seconds on Oklahoma State and Texas. Then I want to talk about KennyWhiteSports.com. Got it. Up, up tempo, Oklahoma State. You know, they want to play fast, 148 points in their three games, but they've played nobody. Oregon State, McNeese, and Tulsa. Uh, this is going to be their biggest game they've played against anybody. I'm really shocked the line's coming down. I think Tom Herman done a really good job recruiting. He's only in his third, third year there in Texas. He's got a great offensive line. The quarterback is the real deal. I think five is way too short. I, I'd like Texas in this game. All right, KennyWhiteSports.com. Uh, still not too uh, late to sign up by any means. Well, never, because you have the projection model, Ken. And go get there, you sign up. You, you, the NFL and the college combine $69 for the entire year. You see the projection model, and that's a, that's a data-based model that projects how good each team is each game, updates the power ratings, and then updates the final scores for every game for every team the entire season. So you can go to each team's homepage, see how many games are going to win the rest of the year and the final scores of every game. And you say for the year, this is like if you signed up on September 18th, you're good till September 18th of next year. It's not the seasons, it's the year. Yep, it's the entire year. So next year at this time, or in June or July, you'll see my updated ratings in June or July to begin the season and the updated projected final scores of every game as well for next year. KennyWhiteSports.com. Thank you, sir. We will talk to you next week. Guys, have a great week, and may, may it be profitable for everybody. Indeed. Thank you, sir. one of those, Kenny. <laughs> Good to talk to you. KennyWhiteSports.com. David Kaplan next. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Miller and Condon, 1460. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's head to Chicago. As promised, Cappy joins us. Uh, the Cubs fall last night 4-2 to two as we are in the precious few days of the 2019 MLB season. Cap, uh, brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Cap. How are you? I am great. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Appreciate you coming on. You know, before we get into the Cubs, a uh, couple of media notes, if you will. WGN, who's carried this team since way back in the 40s, they've got precious few broadcasts left. That goes for yourself as well uh, with NBC Sports Chicago giving up the rights at the end of the regular season. Going to be kind of different for you know viewers of this Cubs team who, A, so many of them grew up watching GN and found their love for the Cubs watching that channel. Yeah, it's amazing. I still remember as a little kid running home from Middleton School, and I lived a half a block from my house. And I would run down, get out at 3 o'clock, 2.55, whatever it was, and I would run down the street because the Cubs had a day game. There was no lights, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I could watch the last somewhere between three and four innings Occasionally, if the game was going slow, even more. But usually, last three or four innings, I could watch the Cubs play and go, yeah, I got to see the highlights. 
And then the next morning they had this show. There's a guy named Ray Rayner. I don't know if you remember. No. Nope. And Ray would wear a jumpsuit with notes pinned to the jumpsuit. And then when he did the highlights, he would pull the notes off and it would be like his shot sheet of what the highlights were. And then he had a hat on and the front side of the hat was the Cubs logo. He'd do the Cubs highlights and they always played him with the full audio because it was WGN. And not like today where you know ESPN shows a highlight from NBC Sports Chicago. You just see the highlight. You don't hear the call. Right. I love the announcer call. Then he flipped the hat around, and the other side of the hat was the Sox. <laughs> and he played the Sox highlight, which also aired on WGN for a lot of years. So, yeah, I'm going to miss it. I grew up with it, and it's probably one of the reasons I do what I do for a living. You know, WGN, it hasn't been what I think I, I, a lot of people my age range remember, people in their, their 30s and 40s and what you remember, Cap. It hasn't been that way for a long time, but... That national presence, you know, the Braves had the Superstation, TBS, WGN for the Cubs, and and even today it just doesn't feel like maybe the Braves have the same national presence. Wins have something to do with that, too. Is there a concern, and it might be an incredibly minor one, though, that that national following, that national presence won't quite be the same because WGN's no longer part of this? Um, I think it's really minor because it is what it is. It's just... It's like having to get your tickets on your phone now. Yeah, you know, right. I'm taking yeah. my wife to a game, and she's like, what do you mean I have to, where's my ticket? Right. Said, Hun, yeah. your ticket is mobile now. She's like, well, I'd rather have my ticket in my hand. I said, yeah, well, guess what? Unless you're a huge corporate customer because you give them out to clients, they don't allow that anymore. It's all through the MLB ballpark app, or the Bears had a big campaign before the Packer game. That Thursday night, make sure you understand we don't have paper tickets. It's all mobile. People are like, why are they doing that? Well, number one, it allows them to get data on who their customers are. So now they have this amazing database that says, hey, we've got Ken Miller in Des Moines, Iowa. Did you know that he bought tickets to eight Bears games last year? We better make sure that we start marketing in that area because maybe there's more fans that Mm -hmm. want to come in. And then they don't have to have the millions and millions of dollars of printing costs for tickets. Only people that get printed tickets now is if, you know, pick the company, Caterpillar. says, yeah, we're going to buy eight season tickets, but we're handing them out to customers. That is the only ones that get printed tickets now. Hey, Cap, before we get into the Cubs, just a quick hit on the White Sox season as they're playing to a close here. Watched them last couple of nights as they're taking on the team I root for, the Twins. And, you know, Yoan Moncada had that injury in the middle of the season. He's come back very strong. Tim Anderson certainly solidified shortstop. The future appears bright. We don't know what this offseason is going to have, but what do you think is a realistic expectation going into next year? Where's the White Sox fan base? Well, first, I have a question. Did you stay up for that whole game? I did, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had a, uh, yesterday, I bet two parlays. Oh. I had a two-team parlay, Minnesota Twins money line, thank uh-huh. goodness. Yes. And Oakland A's money line. And when it got to be 5 nothing, I'm like, all right, I feel good the A's are going to win at home over the Royals. Little did I know they would win 2-1. to one. It was right down the wire. And they did the and- 2 in the 7th to do it. Right, and I'm winning. I'm watching the Cubs game, and I'm like, "Yeah, I got the Sox game." Never think that way, because all of a sudden it's five to two, then it's five to three. Then I look, mm-hmm. it's five to five. I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" Now the Cubs game's over. I'm going to bed because I got to get up so early, and I start watching the Sox. And Tim Anderson hits one nine miles, and I'm like, 
I'm going to bed. <laughs> Lost. And I had to let one of my dogs out, so I grabbed my phone, and the twins had the leadoff man on. They eventually get him in on a sack fly. I'm like, all right, we're back. Six to six. I fall asleep. I wake up this morning, and I see that the twins won nine to eight, not realizing they needed three in the 12th right. to erase a two-run deficit. So I hit the two-team parlay. The other parlay was a six-team parlay, 48 to one. I had the Seattle Mariners plus one whatever because I went, okay, the Pirates are a mess. I just saw them, and now their closer just got arrested on Yeesh. horrific sex charges. Yep. They're a mess. I'm going to take Seattle on the road plus the the um, number. And then I said, Sonny Gray's going to beat the Cubs tonight. I had the Cincinnati Reds plus 143. I had the Twins money line. I had the A's money line. I had... One, uh, uh, I mentioned the A's. There's one more I threw in there as an underdog. That Oh, the Brewers. I had the Brewers. And then I had the Atlanta Braves run line. They're winning 2 nothing, oh. and they give up 5 in like the 7th, and I lose the parlay. I hit 5 out of 6. I was so mad. Don't get paid for 5 out of no, 6, unfortunately. Don't indeed, Cap. I... No, you don't. But you ask me what I think of the Sox. I think they have to add starting pitching. They mm-hmm. have to add an outfield bat. Maybe that's Nicholas Castellanos. I don't Ooh. know. But I think they have a chance to be much, much better. Yeah, I hope Castellanos stays on the north side. He's been fun to watch. Cap, uh, in a season of what-ifs with, with this Cubs team, what if you Darvish was uh, the way he is in the first half of the season? I mean, he has been magical, Cappy, in the second half. Uh, what if he was this good in the first half? Where would this team be? They'd be in first place. Uh, they would definitely be in first place. It's unfortunate that he had a slow start to the first half. But also, I will tell you, and he would tell you this, hey, man, I pitched really well last night. I set a record with eight straight strikeouts, most in two starts other than Kerry Wood on either side of the 20-strikeout game. But I also gave up three runs in the first inning. I gave up four overall. That's not a quality start. Was he good? Yes. Was he dominant at times? Yes. But he didn't do enough. And when your team scores two runs, would be the first to tell you, then I got only let up one. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. As you mentioned, that first inning uh, came back to get him, but he struck out the side, ironically, in the first inning, but also gave up a three-spot. Schwarber, Cap, with all the injuries, now Rizzo, Baez, uh, as we know, somebody's got to pick up that slack. Uh, uh, Schwarber has been unbelievable, uh, especially down the stretch here. I don't know what he's doing, if he's more patient uh, uh, in the batter's box. Uh, last night, a home run away from the uh, a cycle job for him. Schwarber has been fantastic. Is he changing or mind is, you know, once we get to this offseason and there'll be teams calling and asking about him, has he changed your mind whether he should stay or whether he should go? Yeah, he's been outstanding. Since the All-Star break, he has been phenomenal, elite, outstanding. And when I was critical of him in the first half, it was because he was hitting like 207, striking out too much and occasionally hitting a long ball. Since the All-Star break, he has been tremendous. And so whatever that narrative out there is that you know, I didn't like him as a player, he's a great kid, first of all. And second of all, he's been money since the All-Star break. You get that guy, I'm all in. John Lester tonight. Lester, mm. last time out, gave up four in the first. Offense picked him up with five then on, on the home half of that one on Friday night. It's Lester. Playoff experience, we talk about the intangibles, but that left arm certainly doesn't look the same how much confidence do you have on Lester and big picture this team the rest of the year? 
Um, do I have my concerns on Johnny? Yes, I do. Uh, he's got to be better, but he's also a guy that is a big game pitcher, and tonight's as big a game as they're going to play so far to this point because there's only, what, 11 left to get to 90, which I think they need to get into the playoffs. they got to go 8-3, and three, and 7 of those 11 are against the Cardinals, which means you better not stub your toe and drop this series to the Reds. And the Reds are not a bad team. They're not great. They're not a bad team. So we'll see how this shakes out tonight, but John better be big game, John. Mm, what about Cole Hamels, Cap? Got to be concerned about him. He looks really bad right now. They won't even let him get to the uh, go through the uh, lineup for a third time. They, there's, no, there's no way Madden can leave him in. Yeah, Cole was horrible the other night. Horrible. And they had Marty Brenneman, the Hall of Famer, in studio yesterday at radio. And Marty said, that's, he goes, I've seen Cole Hamels pitch a hundred times. He said, that's the worst I've ever seen him pitch. No command of any kind. Uh, disappointing. Very disappointing. And you know, he would obviously be the odd man out going forward. But then you stop and you hear me say that and you go, well, hold on a second, buddy. You had Jose Quintana not get through three innings the other night and the start before. He only gave you three innings. So, you know, which guy is he? The guy that everyone seems to go, well, analytically, he's this amazing pitcher. Or... The guy that the last two starts with the season on the line, he's been awful. All right, Cap, two football. He is your NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Eddie Pinero. What a story. What a game. Uh, Talk about stealing a victory. Certainly the case in Denver Sunday. Yeah, they found a way. That's what good teams do, find a way. Now, look, you know I'm a big supporter of Mitchell Trubisky, and I think he has a chance to be a good player. So far through two games, Mm-mm. Mr. Trubisky has been nothing short of terrible. Um, they've got to do a better job at getting him out in space and letting him throw on the run where he's much better than when he's forced to play in the pocket. And everyone's raving about the final pass that he got to Allen Robinson. You don't get extra credit for a quarterback <laughs> right. stepping up in the pocket. Right. I mean, he did what every quarterback <laughs> better do. Here it is. It's closing in. I step up in the pocket. That's like basic math. So got the ball to Allen Robinson. They got the timeout. They made the kick. Good. But, but if he plays like he's played, they have no chance. Hmm. Cap, last thing for you, because I know you have to get on uh, your show. We appreciate you coming on. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. This Cubs team, uh, if you had to bet today, playoffs, yay or nay, which way would you go? I'd say no. That probably surprises you. That means that I don't believe when you lose 200 RBIs, and they've done that with Baez and Rizzo mm-hmm. both down, I just don't think their offense is as consistent as it needs to be. I think there's holes in their starting pitching. I think there's holes in their bullpen. I think they're a lousy defensive team. And if they're able to outlast the Cardinals and the Brewers and the Nationals and get one of those spots, I'll be the first to be happy because I love my Cubs. But, yeah, I will. I would be willing to tell you that when the season ends a week from Sunday, they're going to be bemoaning missed opportunities, and they will be going home to fish and play golf. Hmm. Will Rizzo play in St. Louis, do you think? I would be stunned. Yeah. Stunned. He's not getting out of a walking boot until right. a week, maybe this coming Tuesday, maybe. 
and they call that a moderate sprain. If he's able to play, that would be amazing. I, I'll be shocked if he plays. Go do your show, Cap. Thank you. See you, boys. Have a great day. Talk to you next week. David Kaplan joining us. Make uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. Of course, Cappy, NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Their showroom is at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street uh, in Des Moines. What are they showing? Well, they're showing manufactured natural stone that will help you accent or update the exterior or interior uh, of your home uh, at any size. Centurion Stone, a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa, right on the landing page of their website. You can click on that uh, uh, turquoise, blue turquoise. Tell us about your project and get yourself started. Uh, who are Cubs fans rooting for tonight when the Cardinals and the Nationals collide? Oh, I, I. What's the lesser of two evils? Do you root for the Cardinals because that's more realistic if the Nationals fall? So you can host, uh, possibly host the wild card game? Brewers right now have that second wild card. I mean, they host it. I, honestly, I don't think it matters because in order for the Cubs to be a playoff team now, the way this race is shaking out, they need to play well. They need to beat the Cardinals five out of seven. You know, They need to have that mm-hmm. kind of run. And if they do that, then they'll be in good shape against the Nationals. I, I don't think the rooting interest is as big as normally it would be here. You can make an argument, pretty compelling argument, I think, on both sides. You, you have can. one? Yeah. No, I was thinking about this last night. I was, was watching the Nationals and the Cardinals. Who are Cubs fans rooting for in this one? Right. I mean, I, I don't know the answer. You uh, trust John Lester tonight? No. I don't either. Not at all. I don't know how you can. I that mean, performance he's been a Friday big, night. Oh, uh, yeah. it, that That's been the norm. Yes. Um, the lefties in this rotation, Hamill stinks right now. Lester... You know, every now and then he gives you one, and as Cappy said, this is as big a game tonight. Yeah. The Cubs absolutely have to have one. They've got, I guess, big game John Lester on the mound, but, man, I am not sure. Well, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Alex Halstead is going to pro- join the program, 24-7 Sports, Cyclone Alert. A lot of news made yesterday up in Ames. We'll talk about that project. We'll talk about the team uh, and uh, ULM paying a visit this weekend. What's the number there? Is it 20? 19 and a half. 19 yeah. and a half, 20, somewhere around there. Uh, we'll talk to Alex Halstead at 11.15, then Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He's their national college football writer. Uh, he will join us, and we'll go around college football with Bill Bender. Uh, the 11 o'clock hour is next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.